So, I mean, we'll call this 126, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many we've done. This would be episode 126. We tried well, to get. It, what do you mean? It would be? It is. It would be because we've tried 126 like six times. Oh. And it just hasn't worked out. It's been a little. So you mean it's gonna be? It's this is welcome guys to episode 126. Menace and the yeah. man, Stan the man, Dennis the menace, Bermudez. Welcome back, guys. You know it's been a minute. Yep. How are you, Dennis? I'm back. Pretty good. Um, just uh, when we get. Another fighter on here who has kids, whose kids are in athletics. I want to talk to them about schedules. Yeah, I was talking to Ray Longo about that, and he was like, where's the menace? And I was like, kids, sports. And he went, and I was like, full-time job. It was the day after you sent me the schedule, and I was like, wow. For shits and giggles, I'm going to just read this week's. Thursday. Well, wait. Are we going? Can we just go long story short? Menace is a busy guy. Yeah, sure. Every day, Menace has something to do with kids. Anyone out there with kids, you guys know how it is. Kids in sports. He's raising two little uh, savages, so they play everything. So we'll start here. Just jump right into it. Luke, uh, I keep calling. I, every time I say the fight, I say Luke Perry, meaning to say Mike Perry versus Luke Rockhold. Luke Perry died, RIP, but Luke Rockhold, Mike Perry. Did you get to watch the fight? Um, I, yeah, well, I watched, it was a pretty quick fight. Yeah. I watched the whole fight. Yeah. We did make a $20 bet on it. I don't know if you remember. Fuck. And you were going 20 bucks. Yeah. I figured, bro, I saw one meme and it solidified like my thought process in Mike Perry in bare knuckle. It was John Jones and it said Mike Perry in BKFC. And that's pretty much what it seems like. Like MVP. On paper, if, if they fought in MMA, MVP beats the shit out of Mike Perry. Probably TKOs Mike Perry, if not 50-45s him and makes him look bad. Who's the other one? Rockhold. Rockhold fucking kills Mike Perry in MMA. Yes. Murders him on the ground with the with the weapons of the feet. It's a whole different thing. But bare knuckle boxing, Mike Perry all day. If Mike Perry fought a lot of people to the death, I might be riding with Mike Perry. He's that guy. You're not wrong. Here's the thing, too, with bare knuckle. MMA, when you get dropped, you get that quick little referee comes in and stops the fight, and you maybe jump up. Like if it, Many times when you were rocked or something, if you got 10 seconds, 8 seconds, and oh 8 count, God. I'll fight all night. Yes. Like, yes. so... The only time I've ever seen Perry knocked out was Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal shin across his face and then followed up with punches. That night, Mike Perry would have got right up. If the referee gave him an eight count, he would have got up 100%. Yes. You know what I mean? Like he's sometimes guys don't have that off button. Mike Perry don't seem to have that off button. Yeah. Um. There's also like you as a fighter, you know how good Luke Rockhold is. Yes. Luke Rockhold's really the, fucking good. The, if it was a bigger ring, Luke Rockhold would have a little bit more of a, of a chance. Um, there's also the... I love the aspect of dirty boxing in oh. Barrett, which really actually turns me on. Mm -hmm. Where I'm like... 
the boy could get in there really i feel like i could do a lot of damage and then i did say to you you saw mike perry immediately his criticism was like this dude didn't take me serious he had a fucking bullshit mouthpiece so i would almost have to ask rockhold that question like rockhold what kind of mouth and then rockhold did say after the fight maybe i should have bought a better mouthpiece so did he go in there with a fucking sports authority fucking dick sporting yeah. fucking boiling bite i mean yeah with also taking consideration like when you're someone who does mma combat sports you do you gotta know that like the jaw and like your bite is there's a correlation between that and getting knocked out so for someone that's got blown out a few times and knocked out wouldn't you be like that's like your fucking main priorities like to get something that like Makes it harder for you to get knocked out. I'm getting the best mouthpiece money could buy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Luke Rockhold's not poor. You saw even the leading up to the uh, fight between him and Mike Perry. Mike Perry and him started talking about money. And Luke Rockhold was like, I'm the highest paid motherfucker in this company. I'm the highest paid person on this card. And right? You probably think. What's the number? What's the number he got? I didn't see, but I'd imagine it's pretty fucking good. I'll have to follow. 800,000? I'd imagine. So even, I had a couple of segues off of this conversation. We could either segue from Mike Perry and Luke Rockhold into John Jones, or we could segue into Francis Ngannou, cause, or they both kind of can go that way, because you saw a bare knuckle and everyone's trying to offer Francis Ngannou money. Have you seen this? Yes. And apparently the price tag is outrageous. For Nagano. For Nagano. 20, apparently. Oh. Dude, he's. I have, how much time has to go by before, like, all right, dude, you're worth nothing? He's worth not To me, he's worth nothing right now. Without the UFC, he's not worth anything. Yeah. As crazy as that's. Because uh, how many times did he actually defend the heavyweight belt? Twice? Once. Well, here. You haven't met her yet. Making all the noise in the background. I thought it would be a little bit bigger. No, she stays this size. This okay. is Joanna Jones Jacek. <laughs> I named her after Joanna, and then obviously she's black, and she looks a little bit, you know, like John Jones. She acts wild, so. <laughs> but yeah. Thanks. She doesn't like you holding her like that. Well, she doesn't like what anything. She's trying to break shit right now, so. Right. You know. You dog. Cute yeah, dog. Yeah, she's cute. She's cute. But so apparently Francis Singanu can't get a deal. Chael Sonnen oh, can't get a deal. I mean, I wonder what his number is. Apparently his number is like 30 million and he wants a seat. 30 million? Apparently whatever company he fights for, he wants a seat in the boardroom. So the one FC guy came out and was like, what the fuck is he talking about? They're like a seat in the boardroom. He'll be lost. Like, so we're going to have a boardroom meeting and we're going to put a bunch of people in suits and then we're going to put Francis Sangano in here. Like, yeah, we have domestic partnerships and we're working on some deals and blah, blah, blah. Francis, you good with this? Like, what, you know what I mean? Like, what would his two, what would his input be? His input would be yeah, like. He doesn't have any degree in like, man, like business management or anything like that or sales i think 
they missed their opportunity. It was Usman, Adesanya, and Ngannou. I heard Luke Rockhold actually say this. When they were all champions, they had some power where they could have bonded together, almost yes. almost started the the right. the, the bargaining agreement, if you will, the uh, negotiation between the UFC and the fighters. But instead, they were like, no, nah, I'm doing my thing. I'm doing my thing. Francis, you're right. on your own. Francis has now gone, you know. No, to a point of no return. Him there is a return, but his his number would probably be like they'll probably give him five million. I've heard a lot of people say it. Oh, Francis is gonna go get that big money fight. The only reason Conor McGregor got that big money fight was because it was Floyd Mayweather, like lightning striking, right opportunity, and the UFC's marketing behind it. Dana White's the greatest combat sports promoter. Also, Conor McGregor sells his fight like 90 times better than Francis Ngannou. 100 times better. And you have the greatest combat sports promoter in history, Dana White, backing it. Versus, right. versus you ever see that thing like, it's like, I'm going to go fight Tyson Fury. It's, you can, the promo picture can be Ngannou wearing a UFC shirt with the UFC belt, and it's like, oh, UFC right, versus boxing. Yes. Or it's Tyson Fury's going to fight Francis Ngannou. The casual fan's going to be like, who? And what are they going to put him in? A black T-shirt and a black pair of pants? And be like, no, 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 no. He's a badass. Trust me. We don't have the rights for the highlights, so we can't show you. But trust me. You know what I mean? Like, right. He, he knocks people out. The money, the big lucrative fight was in the UFC's involvement. Was the UFC down for the cross promotion? Apparently, no, and because of his other demands. If Nganu would have been like, hey, Dana, pick up the phone right now, Nganu. Hey, Dana, I got the first fight for Zufa Boxing. You're going to set this thing up, and you're going to help me fight Wilder, Joshua, or Fury. Like, that's the that's the move, you know what I mean? Other, If you yeah. don't have them involved, I wonder, no... because he's... English is not his first language, so who's his money guy that's like, Trust me, kid. We're going to make it. Well, it's weird. Listen to me. We right? met the guy. We met the guy. We were actually very cool with the guy. He was very nice to me. He was cool to you. He said he knew who you were. Um, he was, remember at the Eagle FC, the guy okay. who I thought was Kevin Lee's brother. I went okay. up to some guy and was like, yo, he looks, you know, enough like Kevin Lee. I was like, what are you, like his brother or something? He was like, no, I'm his manager. That's his manager. So apparently this guy is the one who was managing Ngannou at the time when he got into this negotiation with the UFC. And then when the negotiation was going bad, this is the guy who was, you know, acting on behalf or representing Ngannou. And now I think he's because still representing Ngannou. I get it. For that, I mean, for that guy, obviously, it's no loss for him, right? For the manager? Yeah, like, sure, Nagano's career fucking turns into nothing. He still manages a ton of other people and, like, all right, he's still going to keep living. But Nagano's going to be, like, fucking 45. I'd be like, I should have fought for $5 million 15 times. And I'm, I'm not 100%, <laughs> you know I mean? but it almost seems to me like a Jerry Maguire situation. Like, I think the guy left the company he was with and didn't take everybody. Like, I know he managed Kevin Lee. I know Kevin Lee is now with Ali. Like, I know a couple people, like, didn't go with him. And I think Ngannou's the only one who went with him, as far as I know. So he's like Jerry Maguire for Ngannou. 
and they're riding. So this it. guy's riding. It, it's got to work. He's so deep. Apparently, they went to Bellator. I think they went to Bellator. Didn't nothing happen there. I think they started conversations with the PFL. I think PFL is still ongoing. Chael Sonnen said that he's probably going to sign with the PFL. And then one championship said, absolutely not. Like, we offered him $20 million and the guy wants outrageous, you know, things that aren't possible. And then Who was going to give him $20 million? One championship. Holy fuck. And then Bare Knuckle said that they made him an offer, but he wants way too much. And then a funny thing, we'll segue into this too. Bare Knuckle was like, oh, he's way too much for us. And then Bare Knuckle, he did an interview with, I think, Ariel. And I was watching it, and he said, he's like, we don't have 20 million. Like, 20 million's like a lot for us. And I was like, ooh, probably shouldn't have said that. Like, Dana White hears that, and he's got Dana White's bare knuckle fighting championships on Wednesday nights starting in the fucking summertime. You know what I no, mean? No, but the UFC doesn't want to pay that kind of money either. They don't, but if bare knuckles fucking popping right now, like you saw the the buzz it made with Conor McGregor getting in the ring. Conor McGregor versus Mike Perry, that would be an amazing fight. Yeah. You know, like. Dana, the light bulb could go off right there. Like, oh, maybe I don't let these guys go when they're older. I segue them into this. Right. And then imagine yeah. if they, imagine if Dana White goes bare knuckle boxing, slap fighting, fucking everything. And then it's like, you know, monopolize every which way of combat sports. Right. That's what I would do. Like, you can't take you know you're too old now and you're you know you're at you you can't be a champion on the ufc here i got some other leagues where you can use perfect uh, peds and go ahead raging al perfect example raging al you got bad knees you don't want to grapple anymore i got some i got something for you he's gonna sling some fucking some bare knuckle there's there's definitely a uh market as well as a list of fighters that i think the ufc could fucking get in there but anyway well, the thing is also those veteran fighters that have been doing it for a minute they want coin yeah well that's you know what i mean like dana you're not getting me in there bare knuckle or bfs bkfc for 50 grand no way yeah well that's the thing too they're they're paying good they're paying numbers that the ufc wouldn't pay so even right we'll segue there and go to you saw the bkfc you saw conor mcgregor there Every single time that I have seen Conor McGregor for, I want to say, almost the last year, last two years, he's drinking. Every time. So people were he's like... I, he's Irish, dude. That's what Irish people do, right? That's he, like, whenever someone's like, I'm Irish, you're like, oh, so you're a drunk, right? That's like the first thing you think about of any Irish person, right? Yes, but is he getting ready for a fight? Is that part of his training camp? I think it might be at this point. The weight's at 170, correct? They don't. They haven't announced the weight. They just announced that the season premiere is May 30th. That's all they've announced. They haven't announced the fight date, but now it's they're May saying May 30th. So usually the finale, the fight is at the end of the season. They're saying end of the year. If UFC wants to have the biggest show they've ever had, they go with this Ultimate Fighter on ESPN. They have Michael Chandler and Conor McGregor main event. It'll be tough to get this to happen, but they have Conor and Michael Chandler main event in a non-title fight, the UFC at MSG in November, and they have John Jones versus Stipe as the undercard. That pay-per-view easily over $2 million. 
if not three million. I think that that that's a huge pay per view. Now, obviously, now where does John Jones sit on taking a back seat as a co-main? That's part of it. Yeah, John Jones put out that we. John Jones put out that he's probably going to retire after the next fight. He's going to fight. I Stipe. did hear that. He's going to fight Stipe and then be done. Unless Francis is down. Dana White said that conversation's over. The only way that happens is if Menace and the Man get in Francis Ngannou's ear and we go, Francis, and we dial the number and we go, here, call him. Just call him. Just say you're sorry and fucking, you guys can work right. it out. Like, it's not happening. It's not happening. Dana White closed the door on it, and I think Ngannou, the negotiations went so terribly and it was so dragged out that the UFC is just done. Like, Ngannou, like, how much money do you have in the bank? Like, I have... 15 million. So what if you added five more to that? Then you have 20, dude. That's more than 15. I don't know. I think, yeah, he... I like what he was trying to do. You know, get more money for the fighters and yeah, be an advocate yeah, yeah, for the yeah. fighters. I love the idea. The approach was wrong. Uh, well, the thing is, is he, again, is asking for asinine money. You know what I mean? So, for example, like... Bro, it's not even the money. It's the other demands. It's the board oh. seat and the weird, the weird demands. Apparently, it's mm. the you know, like uh, the one FC guy said, money was not the issue. It was he wanted a seat in our boardroom. He wanted to. He wanted to come up with his opponent's pay, like weird shit that they were like, no. And even for the UFC, we're not going to change our whole fucking business model and everything when we have 600 people, 700 people under contracts that whatever we do with you, it's going to change all those contracts. Like it was just, you know, I don't think, I don't know. I haven't been there negotiating. We got to ask Dana or Hunter Campbell. He's got to look himself in the mirror and be honest with himself. Like what happened in those negotiations? You know what I mean? Like what was he asking for? What we got next? I don't know. But so do you think Chandler and Connor even fight? Or is Conor McGregor a full-blown alcoholic? I would like, because he keeps saying, I'm never going to retire. Bro, I thought him and Perry, him and Perry, you know crazy people. I've been in fucked up situations. <laughs> him and Perry were a fucking hair, a, a fucking wrong sniffle, a wrong eye twitch away from fighting right there. Mike Perry, shout out to Mike Perry. Mike Perry must have seen like some white under his nose or sensed like, oh shit, because you saw Mike Perry wasn't being Mike Perry. Mike Perry was being like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think Mike Perry's a fan. Yeah, and I think he wasn't expecting Connor to come in there as No, yeah, he wasn't ready for it. Connor chucked his chin up and was like, what's up, bloke? And he said, you know, cowboy took my arm. And Connor was like, what did I do to him? What did I do to him? Meaning like... I'm probably going to do something to you right now. And Mike Perry was like, I know, I know, relax. We're good, we're good. Yeah, there, he, there was way too much respect done, given right there. It's like, don't feed the yeah, animals. If Connor, like, ma- yeah, imagine Connor Swan and then Mike Perry just fucking sent like a six piece. Mike Perry, especially off of that contract, would be one of the biggest stars. Bro, that's a fight right there. Right now. You, you think Connor. On paper, it's like the Luke Rockhold fight. You think Connor, yeah, he lands that left hand and fucking knocks Mike Perry out. There is a very good realm where Connor McGregor breaks himself on Mike Perry. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Like real like three minutes into that fight, Connor McGregor would be like, Holy shit, this was a terrible idea. Yes. Mike Perry's a fucking animal with that bare knuckle shit. That's why yes. I picked him. That's why I bet twenty dollars I picked him. 
But so Chandler Connor, I don't know if that fight's even gonna happen at this point. Connor's I don't know if Connor's in a testing pool. We don't know what's going on with that. Usually they do the fight right after the ultimate yeah. fighter season. We don't know about this one. I hope it happens. But so we'll we'll just we you know you got things to do, so let's just we'll go for UFC two eighty eight. Gilbert Burns, Frightened Bala Muhammad. Two of our favorite guests on Menace and the Man in the past. I've trained with Gilbert, so I go Gilbert. Of course. Um I think I think Gilbert's just a little bit better everywhere. The only place that Gilbert might not be better, but is still astounding, would be in the cardio realm. Okay. And I'm saying that with a question because I'm not. This this is a new Gilbert. So even when I posted something recently about Gilbert, his wife messaged me and was like, you know, LOL, this is when he was still fat. You know, he was still eating sugar. Right. He's like uh, cut out sugar, right? Or something like that. You and Gilbert Burns. I, I watched you and Gilbert Burns fat shame each other and fuck with <laughs> each other for a couple of events throughout 2022. And then yes. 2023, you both were like, you know what? I'm fucking, I'm in this. Now. Um. So he he like gets little niches with people like he beats up the uh cornerman tate mm-hmm. he fat shames me and i'm sure there's dozens of other people that he has one thing that they just every time they see each other it's just like on with whatever they you know say or do to each other i have to show i have a video where you turn the fat shaming on him and you see him get like oh shit you know like he's got me he's got yeah, me get it out. but it's amazing but so yeah you got to go gilbert but so do you think the winner of this fight should get a title shot? And I'm not sleeping on Bilal. Bilal, you know, For sure. is a killer. Yes. Which, how many fights have has, what's Bilal's winning streak right now? I want to say seven. And, and Gilbert's is like two, right? Gilbert's is two, but the, the names. So even that, Bilal was complaining, oh, I want the title shot. I deserve the title shot. Does he deserve it? Sure, every fighter with a win streak can say I have that argument. He doesn't have that name. So why is Colby right. Covington getting the title shot? Because he beat Robbie Lawler and Tyron Woodley years ago, and they right. were champions. So that escalated. He's also been number two for, like, ever. When you beat a champion like that, it escalates you to this weird tier. You know what I mean? Yes. Where it's like, yes. all right, he's in this realm for the next few years. And then even where people were like, what's going on with Colby? Why is he getting the title shot? He tried to take the Poirier fight. He took the Poirier fight numerous times. Didn't happen. And then he tried to take the Kamzat fight numerous times. And it didn't happen. Every single time was nothing to do with Colby. So the UFC is going, okay, we'll reward you for this. And the world yeah. is like... But I, I think, well, was the question... Are you talking about who gets, who of those two should get the fight who gets after the next, Colby? Who get, or in no. front of Colby? The theory right now, or the thing that's being said is, we're not sure what's going to happen with it, but the winner of this fight gets a title shot. They're not sure if they cut Colby or if they get it after Colby. Because Leon versus Colby was supposed to happen in July, got postponed, now they're saying end of the year. I actually think that Leon's going to like, that fight might not happen, you know? Like if Leon says Leon I'm not fighting, not want that fight. If Leon says I'm not fighting till the middle of next year, are they gonna let Colby sit out for like three, you know, two years and then get a title shot? 
No, I think then the winner of Bilal Muhammad ends um, Gilbert fight Colby for an interim title. Yeah, shit's getting interesting there. But so who do you, who would you get if you were Dana White? Who gets the next title shot? Colby Covington, who said yes to these fights and is marketable, yes, but hasn't Colby. fought. That's what I'm saying. Who's yeah. going to be the bigger, you know, if Bilal beats Gilbert, he's got that name. And it's like, all right, you didn't beat a champion, but you beat the fucking BMF. You beat the guy who fought for a title. You beat the guy who arguably is the number one or two contender. You know, Bilal just needs that win. Yeah, so I mean, he's beat very, very high-talented guys, you know? He's really good. It might just be Gilbert's little wave right now. But that's the other thing that I worry about with Gilbert. You, you, you know, like burnout? There's also how you win. Yes. Well, wait, you know, like burnout? When a fighter gets burnt out, sure. I, I, I worry about that for Gilbert. And then, of course, it's how you win. If, they, if this fight's a snoozer, then... Right. They did make it five rounds. So it's a five-round co-main event. Huh. Yeah. With no belt. No belt. Did someone ask for that? Did somebody... Apparently they both did. I think the UFC should do this, though, for number one contender fights or contender fights. Like, show us you're ready for five rounds for a title And fight. have them make the... Championship weight? Yeah. That's a big thing, too. Yeah. But yes, no disrespect to Bilal. We love Bilal here at Menace and the Man, but we got to yes. go Gilbert. Gilbert's our guy. So Aljo versus Aljamain Sterling, your old friend, versus Henry Cejudo, another one of your old friends. You never trained with Henry, though, right? No. You and Henry just friends in passing through the years, respect and being Spanish wrestling, fighters yeah. on the roster, um, wrestling, mutual friends. So I'm going to give you scenarios here. Henry Cejudo definitely hits harder. Mm -hmm. Algermain is very hard to hit. Algermain can also and Algermain will will take down Henry if he does what Algermain does, and that's and he's done it to me, and that's why I say it. And I'm like I could see how Cejudo would be like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Where. He makes you kind of chase him and like, yo, you're like, yo, let's fucking hit each other. And you start getting like overly frustrated where you start chasing him almost. And then the level change in the shot, you're like, fuck. And you're sitting on your butt. And now you got to get his fucking back. He's, you know, he's on you. And you got to get him the fuck off. And that's going to take at least, it's always taken me. The fastest I ever got Aljamain off me was probably two and a half minutes, three yeah. minutes. Yeah, like what you're saying, you know from sparring Aljo, Aljo walks you into, he's very good at setting up what he does with yes. mo moving you to where you need to be. Like I've seen him walk, like he does that, switches stance and he's circling left to right, back and up, and he walks you into, you know, what you're trained, yes. what you're trained to do, and it's so hard to actually do. Aljamain, I think, has mastered, like set up when pe a coach is like, set up your shots. It's a lot easier said than done. Right. You know, you have this other guy who you're not in his brain. You know, you have to get in his brain and make him fucking do this shit. Yeah. Aljamain's very good at that. Um, But if Henry's able to get his hands on Aljamain and get a takedown and I don't I don't think I see Aljamain submitting Henry. I think Henry's 
IQ and strength is like too out of this world. Um, I would like to see a match where they're both shooting at each other and like take each other into deep water and see who's fucking, you know, shoot, get stuff, you know, struggle to get back to their feet. Fucking couple of another guy shoots stuff that like we're like, <gasps> there's got to look at each other like two pit bulls like that have been fighting for 20 minutes. Like, fuck, you going to give up? Like, no, I'm not. You going to give up? No, you know, Um, I think, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting one because I, uh, Shout out to Jesse Jansen. He hit me up. He goes, can Aljamain win? Or or is Henry going to win? Because he's knows Aljamain, and, but is tight with uh, Henry. Henry. Yeah. Um, and I was like, listen, man, I've had both Gregor Gillespie and I've had Aljamain on my back, and they seem they feel very similar. Yeah. But one's two weight classes light, lighter than the other, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, he's very good at getting to people's backs. And I'll tell you right now, if he gets to Henry Cejudo's back, if he does not finish him, the rest of the round will stay there with Henry on his back. What Aljo on Henry's back? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And something you'll attest to too, that I think I'm not saying Henry's overlooking, but you know, from you've traveled, you fought at the highest level, that style of jujitsu that Aljamain has, that like Henzo Gracie, he's like where you learned to defend that style. You didn't learn this. You know what I mean? You didn't start yes. applying leg locks. He does have some good attacks. Aljamain's got that jujitsu. Like Aljamain's good off his back. Aljamain's good in scrambles. Aljamain's got submissions that I think, I don't think it's as easy if Henry takes him down as Henry thinks. Like Henry thinks, oh, if I get him to the ground, he's a right. He's a, Aljamain's not a top guy. I think Aljamain's like a. Yeah, but. Henry's last few fights have been like, yo, let's stand and bang. I'm going to knock you out. I think Henry, that's where I see this fight going, is car crashes. Henry's coming with that leg kick and that fucking right hand, and he's going to try to just make it as violent as possible. That's the only way Henry wins this fight. If the fight stays on the feet, which Henry could very well stop Aljo from taking him down, he can. Yeah, no, I'm saying that's how Henry wins. Henry needs to, like, this fight needs to happen for Henry to win. If it's not happening and it's a slow paced fight that's Aljamain's fight touch that's and go Al- touch and go move touch and go yeah, yeah. that's Aljamain setting up setting up until he does something you know if but the last few guys that tried to do that to Henry he fucking they woke up looking at the fucking rafters well if you Henry's very smart if you look yes. at Cejudo I mean you look at um Cruz and and he's been working with Mighty Mouse who's one of the best ever at that touch and go and Making you know what I mean? Yes. You know what I think is one of the X factors in this fight is actually Pumi Nakuda. That fucking little dude from Sarah's. Okay. The one you sparred with. Remember we watched him fight and when he came out, you were like, Oh yes. That's where the speed people think like, oh no, Henry's fast. Aljamain's seen it before. Yes. He, he's seen it before. That kid Pumi is like the Which why doesn't Pumi and like why is he in none of Aljamain's posts? I think he had hand surgery and he like stepped away okay. from fighting a little bit, but he still trains and he's still in the game. But I don't. I, last time I talked to, I think for Vola, Vola said he might be retiring. So exactly, that's how I was with it. But I'm saying I've seen that kid in the gym, and I know that speed and size and that kid's like Henry Cejudo's yes, size. He's seen it before, but I don't know if he's seeing it for this camp. 
No, he did. He yeah, Pumi was in there for this one. But hmm. even I'm just saying, like the speed, so that Henry's speed isn't going to be a problem for Aljo. Or it's not going to be something yeah, you haven't seen no. before. The only Aljo does a very nice job of using his length as well. Yes, very good at keeping range. The biggest Where Henry Sudo is like surprisingly so fucking long for his length. You know what I mean? Like I think, he's longer than he appears. Yes. The biggest X he's got monkey arms and like yes. deceptively longer legs than he actually has. Short little torso. Yes. I think that's the X factor in this fight is going to be when he fought Cruz and he fought Dillashaw, he went, oh, I know how I got to get to these guys. I got to chop their fucking shit out. He didn't get to chop Dillashaw out because he immediately landed. I think he landed a head kick and then landed the right yeah. hand. But Dillashaw, I mean, uh, Cruz, he chopped Cruz out. He and took, that fight's this weekend. That's Saturday, right? Who? Uh, Aljamain. Cejudo versus Aljamain. Yes. So I think that's going to be the game plan for Cejudo. The leg kicks, car crashes. If he doesn't get uncomfortable the way John Jones did from the rust a little bit and just go, I got to take this guy down. Uh, no, I think John Jones took him down because. No, John said that. John said I felt. Oh, a little, yeah? He said I felt a little goofy on the feet. So I thought, let me just. Okay. Go where I know. Sometimes when you grab a man, you instantly go, okay, now we're one. I'm so good here. And like, then the fight becomes comfortable. Yeah. And I think you're always going to be more comfortable grappling. It's just a thing with combat sports, unless you're not a grappler. But most guys are somewhat competent. It's like, all right, let's do MMA grappler versus let's full strike with fucking shit going as hard as we could throw it, you know, which is what we're going to have Saturday night. So we're going Aljamain. Everyone's going up. A lot of people are going Cejudo, and then I heard Cejudo say, he's like, anyone with a brain, anyone who knows combat sports, all the real fighters are picking me. And I was like, damn it, damn it, Henry. Because I'm picking out. Who's the favorite? Who's the underdog? Because you know how I do, I've got my three. Aljamain is a slight favorite. If I'm a betting man, I'm going Cejudo. Yeah. I just betting think- man Cejudo. The ring rust. It's a real thing. And it's not that I think it's really ring rust. I think it's the system shock of the pace of the fight that it's like Henry is the guy in his room. So is everyone when he when he brings in sparring partners, are they really trying to kill him? You know what I mean? Because you kind of get you might get kicked out. You get in some trouble, kicked out of camp and bullshit if you're that guy. You know what I mean? If a guy comes in and spars He's, Henry. I'm not sure because he comes from a wrestling background. Okay, hold on. Where... Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. If a guy comes in camp and he knocks Henry out on Monday, is he coming back to spar Henry on Tuesday? Maybe. No, maybe. No, maybe. If, he oh, knocks okay. Hen- if he knocks Henry out on Tuesday, is he coming back on when? You know? No. If, right. You know what I mean? If someone's pushing Henry's shit in this whole camp. Well, yeah, but nobody's knocking out Henry. I was just using it as an example. You know what right, I mean? Like, yeah. Granted, you don't train well when you spar and get ready for a fight. You're not always going to spar a guy as good as your opponent. But, like, how much... I personally have always tried to spar better than my opponent. Yes, but I'm saying... so. If Henry, I can get him. Henry Sudo is the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. I think he's an Aztec warrior. I think he's going to come in there and be game, but his training can't, you know? Did he get those rounds that he needs to get? I his, think so. I hope so. To get his cardio in check. That's what I wonder. Is his cardio going to be there because of the ring, you know, the ring time off and... Sure, I think so. I hope so. Again, he's smart. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, if you look at Ali or Ali, Muhammad Ali, and you look at Sugar Ray Leonard and the people throughout history that even I'll use GSP as that example. GSP didn't look great when he beat Bisping. He won in spectacular fashion. Jaime has been retired now. What happened? 
How many years has Henry been retired now? Three. But only like two, because he was still training. Okay. But. All right. Yeah. So ready for this. What do you got? Betting Cejudo. Who I want to win is like. It, it, this this fight for me is kind of like when Pat Cummins fought Volante. Yeah. It was like, listen, whoever wins is my friend. Other one. You know, it's one of those, you know. And then in terms of the menace and the man rule, where they've both been on the show, they've both been like awesome assets to the show. But the one little factor is that Aljamain is a hometown Long Islander. From New York, he's helped, you know, he's trained alongside me. I helped him get ready for fights. He's helped me get ready for fights. So I got to go. I'll just mean. Yep. Got to always go with the hometown guy. Go with I might see well. what $20 gets me. Everyone's. Yep. Well, we'll call that a wrap on episode 126. A little bit of technical difficulties trying to get back into things, but we'll get things figured out and uh, start pumping out content for you guys. Good seeing you, Menace. All right, likewise, Dan the man. Well, see you later.